This is episode 22 of the Walk Magazine podcast. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, I'm Cindy Lehman, and I'm the host of the Walk Magazine podcast. And today I am joined by my friend, De- my friend Deb Chenault. How are you, Deb? Hi, Cindy. I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. We have a great interview with race director David Babner who will discuss how COVID-19 and social distancing have affected racing. David is the owner of M3S Sports, which puts on races such as the Capital City Half Marathon, the Emerald City Half Marathon, and the OSU Four Miler. Uh, It's a great race company, very well organized and very walker friendly. Well, we've done an awful lot of their races, haven't we? We we certainly have, yes. We're just going to go straight into the interview with David Babner, and you and I can talk about it afterward in what I am now calling the After Show Cooldown. Here's David Babner. Great. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Hi, David. Thank you for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me, Cindy. This is uh, uh, I'm glad to speak with you again. It's been a long time since you and I had a chance to uh, to connect, and yeah. uh, at least we're doing it virtually here. We can't do it actually, but but happy to yeah. join you today. Thank you. Um, one of the things I wasn't sure about is how long has M3S been around? M3S Sports started uh, really back in 2002 as uh, John Bingham Racing. I don't know if you remember that years ago we started with a company in in chicago uh my partner john bingham and i years ago started a company called john bingham racing uh started the chicago distance classic or purchased the chicago distance classic from the american lung association in chicago and then started founded the capital city half marathon now the ohio health capital city half marathon in 2004 here in columbus Uh, started to build up some other races around it uh, and john uh, left. He's about 20 years my senior. John retired in 2008, um, and M3S Sports, which is really a placeholder at the Secretary of State's office to put the uh, to put Cap City and some of the other races. It stands for my three sons, um, believe it or not. And it's just and it it, it was something that stuck. I, I couldn't come up with a race company name at that point. We were going to call it Ultimate Races or Great Races or, or something events. And and people said, Hey, have you run one of these M3S Sports races? It kind of stuck, kind of like Apple Computer, I guess. And and we've been been that way ever since. So uh, it's been M3S Sports since 2008. Well, I kind of like the name. <laughs> It's unique, that's for sure. Uh, how many races um, do you hold each year? It depends on the year, but it's it's usually between it's usually between ten and twelve. Um, and we made we made a, a conscious decision a number of years ago to keep our races focused solely in and around the Columbus metro area. So it includes Dublin and Westerville and a bunch of the suburbs. That the and the reason I say it sort of is around eleven, as we have. Uh, ten, nine to ten uh, significant events that we do every single year. So whether it be the Ohio Health Capital City Half Marathon, the Ohio Health Emerald City Half and Quarter Marathon, Flying Feather Four Miler, the Ohio State Four Miler, 
the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, 5K. Those races are annual events and take place every year. Now, we do do some events um, that may be just annual events, like we'll help Dom Tiberi when he has, uh, with, with his foundation, the Maria Tiberi Foundation, we'll help him with an event when he has one. We do a walking event with him. And, and that happens That happens fairly often. You know, we'll have the Josephina Mulask if we'll help out on an event, and we will. And so we do some um, do some events like that. So it's anywhere from 10, 11, 12 races, depends on the year. Um, and of the races that you own, first on the first and fifth line were held in January. So we know those were live. Yes. After that, have you had a live event since? We have not. I was actually, it was the middle of March. Um, I was traveling with my, one of my, with two of my sons. We were on one of the sons spring break. Um, and this started to, you know, it, it became clear uh, uh, Governor DeWine was going back and forth with the Columbus Blue Jackets about whether or not they could have NHL games. Uh, soon after that, I said on the board of the uh, Greater Columbus Sports Commission that we started to have some conference calls about what are we going to do with certain events. And that obviously the Arnold Sports Festival got canceled and all their races tied around that did as well. Um, and then we got we started to work very closely with Ohio Health, who's not only the title partner of the Ohio Capital City Half Marathon, but also our medical partner. Work closely with Ohio Health, the governor's office, the mayor's office, Parks and Rec, uh, Department of Health, City Department of Health, um, to try to make a decision on what we would do with Cap City, which was originally scheduled for April 24th. So that's a long answer to your short question. The, the short answer to your short question is, uh, no, since the, the, I believe the fifth line 5K with the Blue Jackets was the last live event or last actual event we've had. Wow, that's been a long time. Mm-hmm. Too long, but you know, <laughs> safety, you know, we, we obviously the safety of the communities first and foremost, and we'll all be, and the greatest, the great thing is running and walking is something you can do while you're socially distanced. And I think we're going to see, based on what I see in the past in Columbus and what I'm seeing on our social media channels and things, I think we're going to have a huge running boom when we can, running and walking boom again, similar to 2008 when uh, we can safely get together and race again. That would be awesome. Well, you said that you worked with all these people and all these organizations to decide to cancel Cap City. So were you at that point re-anticipating was only going to be Cap City or were you expecting other races being affected at that point? Well, we didn't know. So the, so if you're looking at the schedule, then Cap City was scheduled for, for uh, April 24th. The end of May, beginning of June, when the Memorial Tournament usually happens, we had Four Miler, F-O-R-E, Four Miler benefiting Nationwide Children's Hospital. In conjunction with the Memorial Tournament, we start and finish at Yorker Village Golf Club. So we figured uh, we would sort of take the lead of the PGA Tour and what they were doing out, out at the Memorial Tournament as to whether or not we could have that race live. Uh, so our focus was really based around Cap City, not knowing what was going to happen after that. After, so that that race would have been in the, the four miler would have been in May. We have an event called the Mommy Mile that benefits Ronald McDonald House Charities up in Polaris, sort of a, a walk run up there that would we're going to take place in June. A smaller event, we thought we might be able to do that, um, and then we had time off until August when when Emerald City was was going to take place. So we weren't able to do, 
you know, we, we rescheduled Cap City, hoping that August was going to be far enough out and going to be outside of the governor's order uh, prohibiting uh, mass events. It wasn't. Um, but anyway, so then the whole waterfall sort of started with those three events. So the uh, Cap City got moved to August. The Memorial Tournament race got moved to the middle of July. And then Mommy Mile stayed in June. But both now, the Mommy Mile event, we just just had it virtually. And then the four-miler for the Memorial Tournament will be held next week virtually. You know, I was really impressed when you first canceled Cap City. You actually rescheduled it for August. How on earth could you find a new date that quickly? Uh, it's humbling. Um, when the mayor's office and Parks and Rec and the Sports Commission say the Ohio House Kappa City Half Marathon is too important to just cancel um, or just to just to cancel it until the next year. Uh, we all work together. I believe it was that, I'm going to guess on the date, I think it was Friday, March 13th, and then month, whatever that Monday was, we worked really closely to find a date that would work. Uh, and we had a number of other different events in Columbus that were going to take place in August. Um, that we had to work around a little bit, but it was, like I said, it was humbling that folks said, let's find a date and let's make this thing happen. And it's disappointing that it's not gonna happen, but we totally understand the governor's order and why we would do, you know, why it doesn't make sense to run until, to have races until it's safe to do so. So other than just you and the athletes, um, there are lots and lots of people affected when a race is canceled. You have vendors, you have sponsors, you have hotels. How has that affected, actually, really the city? It's really affected the city. How has it affected the city? Well, I think uh, uh, the, the cancellation of events in general, not just running events, but, but events in general, whether it be conferences, whether it be uh, any other sort of sporting events, the Blue Jackets season, the Columbus Clippers season, uh, the Columbus Crew season, you just look at professional sports, running events, conferences, things like that. It, it, it has a, a dramatic and catastrophic effect on our downtown hotels. I couldn't tell you what the occupancy rate is now, but no one's traveling. I mean, there's no business travel. There's really no personal travel and there's no, no conference travel. So uh, it's significant. It's a significant impact on the city because one of the things that we pride ourselves on in producing events like we do is the economic impact to the city. Uh, one of the things the Sports Commission is, you know, is measures them their success by is the economic impact of the events they bring to the city. So there's a lot of that going on. Uh, so, so that's a huge impact, obviously. To our vendors, that's something that I'm nervous about. Um, M3S Sports, we run a pretty conservative ship. Our uh, athletes are incredibly understanding. Uh, our partners are incredibly understanding. We'll talk about how some of the modifications for both the athletes and the partners in a minute. But the vendors, vendors, you know, make their living renting fence, timing equipment, tents and tables. You know, you think about all these people that high school graduations, running events, all these other events, the picnic with the pops, all the stuff that's going on in downtown Columbus. All, you see the same vendors all the time. And so I, I'm, I'm hoping the, you know, we, the, the government's given us some aid in these PPP loans and some of these other things. And I'm hoping that at the end of the day, uh, the vendors come out of this. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a tough situation when you don't race and you're not, you know, we, I don't think 
we're going to have a running event in Columbus until 2021. Mm. Um, I just don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what other kind of events. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the hockey tournament. Obviously, the Memorial Golf Tournament, uh, the Workday Tournament is this week, and then the Memorial Tournament's next week, and they're going to do those without fans. Um, and I'm sure the pro sports and we'll see what happens with college football and we'll see what happens with all of those things. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, tremendous impact on vendors, obviously a tremendous impact on hotels. One of the things that we're blessed with as a, uh, in the, in the running space and the racing space is we're, we're able to transition our events from, uh, actual events to virtual events because people are still running and walking and they're just doing it from a social distance. And so what we've allowed, what we allow folks to do is uh, we get it, we're doing it with the four miler. We did it with the mommy mile. We're going to do it with Emerald. We're going to do it with the Ohio Health Emerald city half and quarter. We're going to do it with the capital city half, Ohio Health capital city half and quarter and, and commit to be fit 5k where people will still pick up their packets. We'll have a socially distanced packet pickup. You'll be able to get your shirt and your medal and your bib and your goodie bag and your event guide and all the normal great stuff you get from all of our partners. And then you go run uh, the distance that you signed up for on your own. And we've created some buyers automotive uh, walking and running paths all through Columbus. Uh, we've created some playlists from KMC Bank. We've got some music music playlists there. That's uh, awesome. And Ohio, yeah, and Ohio Health's got some great training tips. And so we're we're going along as if, you know, we're, we're doing everything but actually having the event, which, you know me, we've known each other for a lot of years. You know, one of the things that I most enjoy uh, is standing at the start line, welcoming everybody, and then standing at the finish line, giving everybody high fives and, and communicating with people. And that really gets my energy going. So we, we were at a staff meeting this morning thinking about how can we create that concept virtually? So we might do a virtual finish line. Uh, we're going to maybe do a, we're probably going to do some type of virtual finish line party, um, where I'll be on either Facebook live or some huge zoom call or something, trying to welcome everybody when they finish. Uh, and then, so we'll, we'll do it that way. And, and Ohio health got some great, when you finish, you'll be able to upload your finishers photos and it'll look very similar to a finishers photo, It'll have the Ohio health logo or the event logo on it. We'll also have a virtual leaderboard. You'll be able to finish the event, put your time in, and, and on a scrolling leaderboard too. So, um, uh, overused, but it's it's making lemonade out of lemons, that's for sure. But sounds like it's actually going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think that's what that's what our participants and you know, I, no one's more disappointed than I am when I've got to send out an email that says, "Hey." you know, do the governor's orders and, and for safety of everybody, we're not going to be able to have Cap City actually, so we're going to do it virtually. Um, the response from the participants is, that's great, I'll do it. I've never done a virtual event. Love to do it. Love to be part of it. So, so we're going to uh, we're going to have a huge virtual event here in August that's going to be, or two of them back to back with Emerald Cap City, and we'll, uh, we'll have as much fun, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Wow, I'm really impressed. Um, I've I've done up to a 10k virtually, and my training is so off that a 10k was miserable. <laughs> the the one mile was fine, the 5k's were fine, but ooh, 10k was really hard. I don't think I could do a, a half marathon virtually. Well, you know, it's and it's it's that's why we do some th we're doing the things we're doing. We're trying to yeah. give you some running courses so you don't have to think about it or go out like the old days and yeah, everybody now, most people are running and walking with, uh, 
Garmin's or some sort of wristwatch that tells you how far you're going and what your pace is. And a lot of people have their own training routes that they were getting ready for Cap City anyway. Um, and, and I do see people running in groups, socially distanced apart, running or walking in groups, socially distanced apart, so they can talk and do other things. And so we'll see. Um, and that's the great thing about Cap City. We've got a half, a quarter, and a 5K. You can pick one of those. You can pick one of those and do any, either. You can do it either. You know, do whatever distance is great for you. How many people have you had that wanted to fur? Okay, so but when we, in March, when we made the first announcement, we had about 10,000 people in the database for Cap City. Um, so obviously in March and April, when we'd normally get another three to 5,000 people registering, they didn't because nobody knew really where we were. So you had about 10,000 people in the database. When we sent out the first email that said we're rescheduling to August, we allowed some people to defer if they didn't want to run in August. And at that point, we probably had five to 700 people defer. And then in this next round, when we said, hey, you can either run it virtually or defer, I think we're up to about 30% of about three, about three, I don't have the numbers in front of you, between three and 4,000 people have actually deferred to 2021. Wow. So it's a big number, but but it, it, the national average is about half. So so we, um, I know we talked before we, we started today that that, that um, we're part and MPS Sports started this uh, coalition of race directors and Darius Blackwood from Columbus jumped on and uh, Iris uh, Simpson Bush from Flying Pig and Jack Staff from Cleveland and all the all the larger race races in the city are in the in the state got together on a conference call to talk about this and. Um, Iris's numbers were about half and half, half virtual, half deferred. Um, I believe Akron was around the same numbers. So we're, we're a little bit more, more people are choosing to run it virtually in Columbus than in some of these other markets. But, um, you know, I think, I don't say nationally, but the trend is about 50-50 defer to virtual. That's not bad, though. No. No, I think it's fine. I mean, I think, you know, it stinks. If I'm an athlete and I'm training for this, it flat out stinks if you can't have the big party. Mm -hmm. and, you know, we pride ourselves at M3S Sports. I think we throw the best finisher parties in the entire country, right? So you finish, when you finish Cap City, you get a free Land Grant beer, you get a White Claw, you get White Claw, you get Papa John's pizza, you get Pepsi, you get all the, all the Giant Eagle food, you get a concert. I mean, it's, and you're, you're at Columbus Commons, which is really, you know, an awesome place to finish an event. Um, and so it stinks we can't do that. We've got 37 bands on the course or something. We can't do that. So the thing that I said early on, I, I did a virtual sports report for the Sports Commission, I don't know how many months ago now. It was March or April. And I said, you know, when we can, when we can have actual events again, you know, we, I think we took it for granted a little bit, um, both as participants, because I participate in these, as well as event producers. So I am, I am so excited to get back to racing and, and try to make these parties and these courses and the stuff we do, you know, even, even bigger and better than we've ever done before. You know, I was kind of thinking the pandemic was a little bit like the Boston Marathon bombing. Mm -hmm. I mean, initially everything just stopped and people had to figure out what are we going to do to get past this? And I think the pandemic is going to be similar. At some point, everybody will come up with a solution and everyone will be able to race again. 
So do you have any idea now what that might look like? I, I do because we've actually, we've been working on that for an event that we would normally have in October, which is the Ohio State Four Miler. So we're working, obviously that's the largest four mile event in the country is 15,000 people that, that uh, start outside of Ohio Stadium and finish on the 50 yard line. So in working with Ohio State uh, and the folks over at IMG, we've built two plans. It's pretty obvious to us that we're gonna move this event to the spring. Um, so we're looking at some potential dates. We're working with Ohio State to see. It could be kind of cool. We may be able to do it tied into the spring game um, where you do the event on, the spring game would be on Saturday and you'd, you'd run the event on Sunday and you'd have some sort of ticket that would go across. But So we're working through all the different options there. But the reason I say that is we've put together about a 40-page safety plan on how to social distance a start line what an aid station might look like, how to social distance the finish line. And you'd be, you'd be surprised how many calculators are out there for if all the participants are standing there with their arms out, which is about six feet, um, how much space it would take to line up 15,000 people. So we're talking about moving, talking about moving onto Woody Hayes uh, Boulevard and using all of Woody Hayes all the way back. And, and it might take us, so one of the biggest things, and, and I, when I talk about road racing, it's sort of pre-vaccine, post-vaccine. So assuming in the spring we don't have a vaccine, but the governor's allowed us, okay, and city and state health officials and Ohio Health has said, all right, we need to have races, let's make them safe. We've built that, we're building that plan, I should say. We've got drafts of the plan on how do we have a socially distance event that's smart and works and does all the, does all the things to keep, keep people safe yet we don't want to ruin the experience, right? As a participant, you don't want to come out, you're not going to wear a mask for 13 miles or four miles, but you're probably going to wear a mask in the start line. And we're probably going to ask you, and we're, we're, in, we're working with some of these masks that just sort of fit over your ears and, and allow you to breathe, that you might be able to take the mask, stick it in your running bag, and then after you cross the finish line, you may, we may ask you to put it on again as you're, as you're walking through folks. Aid stations are interesting. You know, and we're working with Ohio Health now on that. What, is it, what does it look like? You're handing out bottled water that's been wiped off before, and then what do you do with all the bottles? Do you use one of these seaweed packet things that has water in it? Or do you ask everybody to, like they're going to do in virtual events, to do their hydration on their own? Um, and then the big thing that Ohio Health is, is, is helping with, and, and obviously at Ohio State, the Ohio State team, but, but it is what's the medical protocol look like? Columbus Fire Department, Columbus Police Department, what, who's, where's the PPE come from and things. So that's a, another long answer to a, to a relatively short question. But what I would say is a lot of this, uh, a lot of warning and a ton of commun participant communication at the beginning, the months leading up to the event about if you're not feeling well, giving, giving everybody a virtual option anyway, just as built in as part of the events moving forward. And then, then when you get to the event, or, or what does packet pickup look like? And I think what we're doing with packet pickup um, at Cap City is a real expanded packet pickup at Fleet Feet Sports um, outside. We hope under their uh, outside. We hope under their uh, uh, awnings there in Polaris, and we might do something. Like, we have to do something like that at Ohio State, where it's as opposed to just two days of packet pickup, it's a week's long of packet pickup. 
So, it, you know, pack of pickups different. Gear check. Do we even can we have gear check? What does gear check look like? How do you make sure that you know the? And then how do you take care of your volunteers? How do you make sure your volunteers are safe? Um, so there's a it's a whole waterfall and a big checklist. And it's you know we've always had safety plans. You mentioned Boston. Um, uh, Dara says this a lot too. Um, that what Boston did is it checked all of us on what did our safety plans look like and then add some add some new stuff based on what happened in Boston. And then what the pandemic has done is gone, okay, now let's look at what you've done with your safety plans. And then how do we, now you add another 40 or 50 pages on top of this with social distancing, a term I never even heard of before March, right? All the other stuff, hand sanitizer, but you know, all these hand sanitizing stations. And then working with our restroom vendor. What does a porta john look like in one of these situations? Who needs to clean them and how often and all that. So we're looking at not only other running events um, and how they're doing things. I know Rick Nealis, the race director of, uh, as of now, the race director of Marine Corps Marathon, is planning a go ahead uh, in October. Wow. So a lot of us, a lot of us in the running world are going to try to focus, are going to try to figure out what that looks like and see how he does it. But in the meantime, we're working with Ohio State for the four mile or kind of getting back to where I was started um, and, and put some plans together, really focused on social distancing at the start and social distancing at the finish so we can get people on and off the field safely. Um, my friends and I were scheduled to do the Niagara International this yeah. October 25th, and it's supposed to be the half marathon is supposed to be in Canada. And we just got emails this week saying they've canceled the marathon, but they're going to hold the half marathon, the 10K, and the 5K. The start for the half marathon is going to start at 8 o'clock, and they expect it to go until 11 because they're going to have waves. Yes. And I thought, I don't, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well... Yeah, I mean, you, you think about that. You're, you're, it's a, it's a, that's a, that's the point of the social distancing, right? With, yeah. with, with the wave start. I mean, uh, the Ohio State Four Miler already takes an hour and forty-five minutes to get fifteen thousand people across yeah. the start line, right? We do it in two, two, two waves of five corrals each. All right, so it's actually ten different wave starts, but we keep we switch the corrals in and out. Oh, and the same thing's going to happen with Cap City. Things going to happen with any event. So it's. It's one of those things that um, it's definitely a new normal. We'll see, you know, depend on which news station you listen to, whether there's going to be a, a vaccine now or there's going to be a vaccine five years from now. So it's just, you know, I, yeah. I try not to, I try not to watch the news if I or try to watch <laughs> the, the, the national news like that, if I can, if I can avoid it. So you said that you've had, um, you have safety plans that I'll raise directors to, did any of you ever anticipate something like this? No. Well, okay. I shouldn't say any of us. I can say, I can say, you know, health and safety and making sure that volunteers are wearing gloves. And um, I think in such, you know, and, and, and our, we've got one of the best medical directors in the country and Dr. Ben Byrne from Ohio, Ohio health. And he, he's fantastic in what he does. And, and he's always looking for best practices. And so, they always have a certain type of PPE that they're using in road racing anyway. Um, but I can't tell you that I could anticipate this. And, and I, it's the same thing with the Boston, um, you know, with, with, in the Boston tragedy, the Boston bombing tragedy. Uh, 
you you think about okay what could happen if there's some type of you know major bomb issue like that on the uh uh on the course but we hope and Darius and I talk about this all the time that we've got the best experts in the country doing it and and Mayor Coleman was Mayor Coleman we were we were one of the first major events after Boston and Mayor Coleman said we're going to make this one of the safest events ever and we had the bomb squad and we had homeland security and we had all these folks I mean our safety meetings that used to be 10 of us around a table now was like 50 people around the table and I'm certain that this is going to have the same type of effect because there's never been not that I can not that I can recall somebody from the Ohio Department of Health at any of our meetings. Um, now I'm sure there'll be a few people from the health department that'll be engaged in helping us draft these safety plans and do some things like that. So, yeah, I can't say I've ever said, hey, maybe, there, you know, there's some sort of pandemic. How do we prepare for it? Well, I do remember that first year after the bombing, and you did a wonderful job making everybody feel safe, and everything you did was visible. I shouldn't say everything. A lot of it was enough visible that we knew that you were taking it seriously, and we had no fear doing that reset year. Well, thank you for saying that, and and and. I'd love to take credit for it, but I can't. I mean, the city, the city of Columbus has done, did such a remarkable job. I mean, in, in, in doing that. And it's, it's funny you say that, you know, you can see one of my biggest concerns was an overreaction from, from all the, all the folks that all the security personnel that were involved in that race. I was afraid, you know, we run over, we run over the lane Avenue bridge to high street uh, some college student would have left their backpack out in front of BW3s or something, and they would have said. So one of the things in our safety meetings, we were talking about, you know, how all that worked. And then they, I remember this like it was yesterday. One of the folks from the from the uh, police department said to me, look, there's going to be so many things going on that you're not going to see. Uh, just go along with it. And it <laughs> happened one time I was at, and, and it was funny. We had to have, a, we had to have one of our, uh, you know, one of our staff members in, what do we call it? I guess it was it was in the police headquarters building. We sort of called it race race HQ or something. And all the video cameras that were in the Columbus Commons. And she said she was sitting there and she heard you know the police talk. Hey, there's a there's a, uh, a baby carriage by itself in the middle of Columbus Commons, and these cameras zoomed in and could see it. And they're like, okay, we're heading there now. And then just then, uh, a young mother ran up and got her carriage and it was, she said, it's like, it's just amazing how many things are going on that you don't see. And again, it's humbling. You know, we produce, a, we produce running events. I love celebrating people. I, you know, I talk a lot, obviously, and I love doing it and, and doing those kind of things. And we do take it seriously because I can't do the kind of fun stuff that we do without the remarkable safety people behind us. Starts with Dr. Bring goes to, uh, was was Lieutenant Smith, now Lieutenant Hart at the uh, Columbus Fire Department, um, and and the folks over at Columbus Police Department are fantastic, and the mayor's office is great, and it's it's one of the benefits. I go on a little bit of a tangent, but it's one of the benefits and one of the reasons why we have an advantage over a lot of other race companies because we produce ten or eleven races in one market. People know who we are. We have a lot of the same participants over and over again. We use a lot of the same city services over and over again. So we have a remarkable relationship with the mayor's office, with the sports commission, with Experience Columbus, with the police department, with the fire department. They know us, they trust us. And so it's it just, and I, I can't believe we've been doing this 
since what Cap City started in 2004. It's a long time ago. We're gonna be celebrating our 20th anniversary here soon. Well, I'll definitely be there for that. Yeah, that'll be fun. It seems like the athletes have all been positive, and I imagine your staff don't mind that they get to sleep in on Saturday mornings. <laughs> yeah, our, our, you know, it's two types of staff, right? So you've got the, you've got the, the, the what I'll call kind of the operations guys headed up by the team, and the way our way our business works is we've got a, you know our organizational chart on the operational side all starts with Shannon and depending on how big the race is, has a number of tiers. So cap city obviously has a bunch of directors under him and, and so forth and so on. But for all of those folks that, should, you know, for all the operational staff that shows up at all of our events on the weekends, uh, other than Shannon, I don't communicate with them anymore. You know, and one of the things we were talking about, I was actually talking to one of our vendors, John Reese, the, and uh, tents and tables. Um, he, he was, um, we were just, we were talking about that with us, those operational hourly guys that come to all of our events, they may, we don't know where they're going to be six months from now, eight months from now. They might've got another job doing something else. So we're trying to stay in touch with those folks. And you're right. They've kind of had some downtime. Shannon is really uh, instrumental in building the safety plan. So he's had a lot of computer time. And then we've done things like cleaning out the warehouse and sharpening saws and doing those types of things. And then on the other the other side of our staff are guys like Marcus Mercer, who's our partnership coordination folks, our partnership coordination, and, and has learned a lot of social media skills too. So he's been in the middle of a lot of this participant and sponsor communication. Brent Lalonde, who's been with me since forever, uh, and he helps with the Arnold too, and helps with a bunch of other events in Columbus. He he's you know, he's kind of my right hand guy in a lot of this stuff. He's he's been really busy in dealing with all the participant communications, the shirt ordering, the metal ordering, everything else. So for for three or four of us, we're still pretty busy. Uh, my son, Nate, who was helping with a volunteer coordination, his roles changed, obviously, because we don't have many volunteers uh, involved in what we're doing now. But he's been involved a lot in just participant communication and 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 he's. He kind of gave himself the new title of, of mailing coordinator because of a lot of these virtual events now, we got to ship packets out. So he's learning how to do that effectively and efficiently. So, yeah, we're staying busy. We miss the events. It's one of those things where, you know, you, you do all this planning and getting ready for it. And one of the things I loved, I'm a recovering lawyer. So one of the things with, with being a lawyer is whenever you had a court case or a closing, it would always get continued. You'd never close it or do have the case on a certain date. It was always kicked and I need a continuance and so forth. With running events, we knew Cap City was going to be on April 24th, right? And and we, no matter if we have 8,000 people or 18,000 people in the event, we knew we were moving to the Sheridan the Wednesday before. We were going to do pack and pick up at the view and... You know, this kind of flipped everything on its ear. And so now it's like, okay, we moved it from April to August, and now we got to kick it to next April. And so um, disappointing. We love it. We get it. We, we all get it, really. Uh, I think we sometimes get as much adrenaline rush as the, as the uh, participants do. Um, we miss it, uh, but we're doing our best to stay busy. Well, it's really obvious when you're at a race that your staff loves what they do. Yeah, they're, they're good. But, um, and, and they have to be, you know, 
I, one of my mentors and one of the guys who I think has been phenomenal for Columbus is, is Cameron Mitchell, what he's done with his restaurants. And he always talks about, you know, his customer service philosophy is the answer is yes. Now what's the question and customer service always comes first and all of those things. And that's what I always say with our guys, you got to be incredibly passionate about what we do, but you got to be even more passionate about the participants and, and what, you know, these people have dedicated, it's not a weekend event for them. These people have dedicated the last six months, eight months, light their entire life lifestyle. I've seen so many people since I started doing this who maybe participated in a commit to be fit 5K or the first on the first 5K and have worked their way up to a quarter marathon or a 10K and then worked their way up to a half marathon. And now guys like Dave Parsons in Columbus, who's done a bunch of, you know, one of our ambassadors, great runner has done a bunch of marathons, has done ultras, has done 50 milers, 100 milers, and people just, it's just become their lifestyle. And that's what we get to do is celebrate the active, healthy lifestyle and celebrate the participants on that journey. The Ohio Health Foundation is the main beneficiary from Cap City and Emerald City. How are they, Correct. how is that organization affected by all of this? Well, um, you know, with fewer registrations, which, you know, when March sort of stopped the registrations with with fewer registrations, we, we obviously it's it's less money that goes to them at the end of the day. However, when we we gave participants a third option uh, for both Emerald and Cap City, you know they could participate virtually, they could defer, or they could donate their entry to the Ohio Health Foundation. And we've had hundreds of folks do that. So you know if they paid a hundred dollars for an entry that's a nice little that's a nice little donation we've also had drop down menu we got a drop down menu on both registration pages that allows allow participants to donate directly to that um, there does not seem to be uh, any sort of uh, it's not as much as it was last year but the drop offs not as much as i thought it would be more people have done it and then we created i actually should have worn one today for you but we we, uh, we created these really cool Ohio Health Capital City Half Marathon running hats. We got a high quality hat. We put the Ohio Health Foundation logo on the back and anybody that donated $25 will have that hat in their bag for packet pickup. Or if you participate in both Emerald City and Cap City, we'll put the bag and we'll put the hat in your bag too. So we try to create a bunch of incentives for them. And I can't say enough about Ohio Health. I don't know if they helped us from a medical standpoint, but they've supported us through this and a lot of our partners have i mean you see some of these sporting events and some of these teams and things that are losing sponsors all of we we've kept in constant communication with all of our partners because obviously we can't produce an event like cap city without tremendous corporate support and it all starts from starts with Ohio health and and we've worked marcus and our teams worked really hard in building some alternative kind of deliverables and activations but they've all been everybody's been the participants have been remarkably supportive but so is our partners and so is city officials so the health foundation yeah but no so so we're gonna do what we can you know we're, we, and then the ohio health foundation had a uh an associate relief fund that they started uh uh months ago because there you can imagine their associates who have worked in any department get called in to to help on their covid side and they've been working an amazing amount of time and energy and effort. And so they created a fund to help them with that. Um, and we've, uh, uh, we've been able to help. You know, we've been able, we've made a direct, uh, direct donation to them as well. So we're doing anything we can to try to help them. And then we're looking forward to obviously next year, you know, we're getting ready 
August, September, we're going to open up cat. We're going to open up registration for cap city, 2021 start again, knock on wood. We're, uh, we're going to have an actual event in 2021. Well, I'm being optimistic. I think we will. Of course, I thought I was going to do Niagara this year too. So, <laughs> right. And a lot of people thought that they were going to run in August, you know, in the Memorial yeah. tournament, it was what two days ago that they just said for two weeks, you know, they're not going to be able to have fans. Um, and, you know, a lot of these states are starting to spike a little bit. And I think safety is really important. And we're going to, you know, every month there seems to bring a lot. There's every week things are different. So who knows where we'll be yeah. eight, nine months from now. One thing I was going to ask you is what percentage of your participants do you think are walkers? That's a good, it's, it's a, it's a good question. I remember this. I think it was with you, as a matter of fact, years and years and years ago, we created a walking division. Yeah. And and what I said was, I it's hard for me to say, I can't really do the Phil Height stuff where you have to be, right. where you got competitive walkers or non-competitive. I think there's a ton of people who walk run. There's a yeah. ton of people who flat out walk. There's a ton of people that competitively walk. I More and more, uh, you between you, and some folks in MIT, I've been, you know, since I started, I've always, I've always really been conscious of the fact to use runners and walkers um, in these races and, and try not to totally separate out the walkers and make them go in the back because a lot of walkers are faster than some of the runners. You can yeah. make your own judgment whether you can do yeah. a 13-minute mile or we, what corral you need to be in. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's just like there's first-time runners who don't really know, have much etiquette. Um and there are people walking it. You know, we see it a lot at Ohio State Four Miler, where people go, "Well, there's ten people walking abreast, and they started in the first corral, and we can't get by them." And yeah, that's not the walkers' fault. That's that person's fault, right? So, and yeah. we need to do a better job educating them. Some people, it's just they want to touch the field; they don't know anything about, you know, race yeah. etiquette. So, right. And so, some of that's on us. Right? We got to do a better job with participant communication because they're like, I don't know what my estimated finishing time is. Uh, 15 minutes. Right? And, 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 you know, and they walk 18 minute miles or that, you know, that's great. That race though, people are pushing, you know, pushing, pushing walkers and there's people in wheelchairs. It's, it's a, it's a good community celebration and I'm hoping we're going to be able to do it in April. That would be awesome. It'd be a good time for it. Absolutely. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you'd like to add? No, I think I think we've we've touched on a, touched on a lot of stuff, and I I again I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Uh, I'm just a race director in Columbus who's not I guess you know waiting to waiting to be able to direct races again here, um, but this is something that and I appreciate the interaction. This is this is good. I've been sitting behind a computer an awful lot. Um, no, we're we're excited to get back back at it and, and back after the events. And until then, we're going to put on remarkable virtual events. Um, and we're going to have the best, we're going to put on the best show we can possibly put on virtually. And, um, you know, we just encourage everybody to come out and be part of it. Um, and we'll get back to racing again here soon. That sounds great. Thank you. Hey, thanks so much. Walk with me. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. So that was an, my interview with David Babner. What did you think? 
You know, he's really always so much fun to listen to. He's such a nice guy, and he's got a lot of good information. Yeah, he does. And I am really excited about some of the things that they're going to be doing, like the playlist for when you're training and during the race, so you can download music and you're all set to go. And I love the idea that they're going to have uh, trails mapped out so that you don't have to worry about how far you're going. You can just look at a map and, and do your race. Oh, that's great. Well, that'll be fun and exciting. Something new. Yes. You can do it on your own time. Right. I'm also very interested to find out what the virtual after race party is going to be like and what the virtual finish line will be like. So they've got a lot of neat stuff planned. That'll be cool. And especially now that I'm, um, I've been on zoom a couple times and that'll be, that'll be fun to see how he's going to work that out. Yeah, it is. Now that uh, you and I have finally talked after not seeing each other since March 15th, how are you? I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I'm, you know, getting out and doing my walks and I'm working out virtually now. And so I'm still getting my strengthening in and it's kind of getting used to this life a little bit lately. So how has COVID affected you with your planning for races? Typically you and I do a lot of 5Ks, 10Ks, and I do half marathons and you don't anymore, but how is it affecting your planning for the future? I've done a couple of the virtual 5Ks, and that's been fine. Because I, I have a nice route, straight route planned out that's pretty flat, and it's a 5K. And so I've just kind of been doing that with my virtual races. But kind of, um, I've been kind of getting away even from the virtual races anymore because it just started to seem a little weird. I have to... Um, pay and entrance fee and to get, and I don't care so much about the medals anymore. So it seemed weird to, um, to pay and then to just walk in the neighborhood. Although, although it was a good time for me to practice my speed, which normally has been, um, it's somehow been sacrificed during this whole time. I'm a lot slower than I used to be. So, so the races did, um, it did help me with my speed a little bit. I would be more, I would concentrate more. I would be more focused. Yeah, I felt the same way. Any of the races that you have registered for this year, did you do the virtual version of those or did you defer or cancel? No, I had signed up. I hadn't signed up for many. I had signed up for the, um, for the choo-choo. And that got turned into a virtual. And then I did, then I did um, the Columbus Westside Running Club, their 4th of July, the Hilltop 5K. And I did okay. that one. And now that <laughs> um, he's offering that Oktoberfest as a virtual, and I'm thinking about that, but I'm not sure. Now, I signed up for a couple virtual races that were solely virtual, like the uh, the Bigfoot Social Distancing 5K. I signed up that for that specifically because the medal was cute and the shirt was cute. Oh, they but were the, very cute, yes. But the races that I 
signed up for in person, like the Cheddar Run and the Hall of Fame Half Marathon, I've deferred those for next year. I just don't have any interest in doing those. Uh, I don't have any interest in doing those virtually. Right, right. That Cheddar one sounded like it was going to be fun. Yeah, but I'm already registered for next year, so I'm set. Oh, good. And hopefully, hopefully we can be getting back to normal next year. Oh, I'm sure we'll be able to. Yes, good. Good attitude. Yes. Now, we have not met with our walking group since March. How has that affected you and your training? You know, I really, I really missed it early on. And I don't know. I'm just, um, I've been varying the walking routes that I do have. So it's been okay. And another good thing is I've been getting out extra early especially with the heat we've been having lately. So I've been getting out at six in the morning, which is, and getting, you know, pretty good distance going out. So that's, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't impacted um, my mental health too much like it did um, at the start of this um, quarantine. Well, since I'm working from home now, I am getting up just a little bit earlier and walking before I work. And I start work at 7.30. So I'm I'm only allowing enough time to walk for 30, 35 minutes. So I can only get in two miles each morning. But it is really nice to be able to get up, get outside and do something before I have to sit in my house all day. <laughs> Yes. And even, I mean, even some of these early mornings have been quite um, warm and humid. Yeah. I don't know how I would have done it. um, My usual way of walking, which is to stop at a park on my way home from the office. I'm glad I have the option to walk in the morning right now. Yeah. Another good thing for me was, um, have been those distance challenges that we signed up for the the Centurion Challenge and then um, Columbus Running Company had their distance challenge. And those were very motivating. I think those were really what got me out of my initial funk doing anything. I I thought that the Centurion Challenge was very helpful too. Um, I got out some days just to walk, just so I could make sure that I got enough miles each week. Yeah, yes. Are are you signed up for walks, thirty day sixty mile challenge? Oh yes, yes I am. I've been doing it actually since um, the first of July, which has been very exciting and got me out and and now my mom has signed up for it, so that'll be exciting to watch her progress. I was really excited to see your mom sign yeah. up too. And the reason, the reason why I made it two miles instead of one is it is difficult for me to get excited to go outside to walk for just one mile. I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm going to walk casually, one mile is not a big deal, but I don't want to change my clothes, put on raised walking shoes and go just one mile. And I figure if I'm getting out of bed early for something, I should go at least two miles (laughs) I I think that's a great I I think that's a great idea and you know we all can walk two miles. On that note, we can just end our conversation. You and I can talk later. That sounds great.
Thank you for joining me. Oh, and don't forget, Deb, what do I always say? Why run slow when you can walk really fast? <laughs> the Walk Magazine theme song, Walk With Me, was written by my brother-in-law, Gordon Lehman, and was recorded at Real Time Audio in Denton, Texas. The recording engineer was Eric Delagarde, and it was produced by Gordon Lehman and Eric Delagarde. The vocals are by Whitney Wilson, cello by Madeline Hansen, guitar and Fender Rhodes by Gordon Lehman. Thanks, Gordon. Would you walk with me today? Would you walk with me tomorrow? And if you walk with me today, I'll never cause you any pain, I'll never cause you any sorrow. Would you walk with me forever? Would you walk with me tonight? And if you walk with me forever, I promise that I'll never be far from your sight. Would you walk with me? And if you walk with me, I'll walk with you for eternity. Da 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 da
dreams would you walk into my soul and when you walk into my dreams when you're there it seems you make me whole would you walk with me today would you walk with me tomorrow and if you walk with me today i'll never cause you any pain i never cause you any sorrow